Welcome to the Draw Shops Get Genius Podcast, where we talk to today's business influencers to pick their brain and pull out their genius. It's time to get genius. Hello, listeners. Some of you are new, and those of you who are joining me again on the Get Genius Podcast, thank you so much, and thank you to the new listeners who are joining me. Uh, I hope you get some tremendous value out of these episodes. Today, you definitely will. I'm interviewing Daniel Geffen, and um, he's actually the founder of Get Featured, which is a really cool company that unites podcasters with guests. And um, I've worked with them. They're really fabulous. Um, He's actually the founder of many companies. He has really cool stories um, of starting out from, you know, that place where you're doing pretty well. You've started a family. You think, you know, things are going pretty good and then things just kind of fall apart and, uh, you lose money and, uh, you don't know where you're going to live. You don't know what you're going to do with your family and you have to lean on mother and father-in-laws, perhaps your parents, friends in order to get back up on your feet. And if you've ever been there, you know how freaking crippling that can feel. So I'm always extremely inspired by the people who have been there and got themselves back up. And not only did they get back up, but they freaking soared and have done amazing things. And Daniel's just super fun to talk to. I do apologize in advance if there's some lag. He's all the way in Israel and uh, I'm in San Diego. And so you can hear a little bit of the the lapse and in the speaking, sometimes he goes dead or I go dead. And anyways, I apologize, but you're still going to get a lot of the good juicy stuff. Um, so a little bit more about, um, Daniel, he, he has a really successful podcast himself called, can I pick your brain? Um, and he does a lot of what I do on this show, which is, you know, really picking out the really good juicy parts from, various entrepreneurs, kind of like I'm doing, um, in terms of, you know, what can we learn from people that even if they're in a different industry than us, that we might not know ourselves and how can we apply it to our own businesses and our own life? Um, he's, he's pretty funny. (laughs) Um, but yeah, he's got like all these companies that he started like jet answering service, jet virtual services, uh, jet offices. He's just like the guy that's really all about making it happen. And what's super cool is that in this episode, we're going to talk about something that is very brand new. And in fact, we have some other podcasts that are due to air today that you're listening to this podcast, but today is the day that Daniel's book is actually launching. So you got to listen because the name of the book, which is really awesome. I just heard the title and I was like, I'm buying it. Um, it's called the self-help addict. And it's basically taking all of the overdose of the self-help information that if you're like me, you have a ton of it swarming around in your brain. You've read just about every book that's out there, but really taking that information and not just like reading it, getting inspired, but then doing nothing at the close of the book, actually taking that information and turning it into a life transformation. And, um, it's, it's really cool hearing Daniel talk about this because first of all, I already know in the book, you're going to learn so much more. So I really hope you do get the book and you can find it on Amazon. And of course, as always, we'll have links to, um, the book. We'll have links to more information about Daniel. We'll have, um, links to his podcast and, and all the good stuff. But, um, in his book, he's, he really goes deep into the stories that we just touch on in our conversation. Um, and there's so much more. I, would have loved to have talked to him more in depth about some other things, but I try not to keep the show too, too long because, you know, that whole thing with the short attention span freaks me out a little bit and I want to make sure you're listening. So, um, speaking of such, I should probably speed this up and let you listen to the interview, but I just wanted to, uh, give you a little bit of background on him. He's, he's 
pretty awesome. He's got a great accent. If you've been listening to my show long enough, you know that I have a thing for accents. So I love talking to especially males that have the accent going on. So it's pretty fun. Um, so I think that's it. You're going to hear a pretty cool story. You're going to find some really valuable information. I know, I know that there's a good percentage of you listening that have read a ton of self-help books. And if you say you haven't, and if you say you haven't been interested in it, then you're lying. Okay, maybe you're not, but really, you know you've been there. You know you've had that time in your life where even it's even if it's a show or even if it's like a little brief, tiny book or it's just the sales copy on some mentor or guru's page, you know you've read it, you know you've been inspired, and you had that feeling of like, oh my gosh, there's hope but then you haven't done anything with it. So that's really a lot of what our conversation is. And there's so many things that just make you, there's definitely a ton of highlight moments and aha moments that you're just going to be like, Oh my gosh, I never really thought of it that way. And that's what I hope to get out of every episode. So, um, with everyone that I, I speak to it, it just kind of happens because most people are pretty amazing and have that inside of them. So I hope that you enjoy this um, and make sure that you check out the book. Today's the day. Let's all do Daniel a favor and get the book and let's get him to be a best-selling author. I'm pretty sure he's going to get there anyway. He's He's got such a great following um, and a super su- successful podcast. Um, and we don't go into a ton of that, but just so you do know, he's he's the guy that really can help. Um, he's He's got great podcasts on how to have a really good podcast. So he's a wealth of information in, in all different areas, but um, I'm really excited about this book and I think it spills out into all the other things that you are doing in your life. So, uh, take all those golden nuggets, listen, listen about, you know, doing the thing that you always say you want to do, but you never do it. And how do you get yourself to actually do it? That's a big thing that we talk about. All right, that's it. I'm going to, I'm going to go. I'm going to let you listen. Thanks. Hello, Daniel. I've already gotten to talk to you. I wish I was already recording because I feel like we've already had so much fun and we haven't even started the interview yet. (laughs) So welcome. No, I was feeling very hot just now. And I was wondering what it was, and I and I, and I, then I realized I'm talking to Summer. That's right. You know, yeah. I just said it's funny you say that because we were talking about um, Napa and doing a wine country trip with some friends last night at dinner, and I started saying, you know, what what's the time of year that we should go? And I said, Summer is so beautiful. And they all look at me and I'm like, what? It's so, it's so beautiful. Summer is so beautiful. And they're all just laughing at me, you know, just, wow, (laughs) you're not, you're not humble, are you? Anyways. (laughs) Uh, So I'm, I'm really excited to be talking to you. We've got quite a bit of a time gap here. And you had just told me that you're, you've been up till like 2am in the morning for the last few nights. And that's kind of the norm for you is that true uh there is no norm for me i am a completely abnormal person and there's nothing you can you can't put me in i love it when i go on shows okay and they say to me so you know they'll ask me a question and and they want to kind of tie me into something right and i go no um I don't have that answer because that changes from day to day. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm abnormal. I don't fit into a box. If I fit into a box, I wouldn't be where I am today. So yeah, sometimes it's frustrating, but I'll just be totally honest. (laughs) Okay. Perfect. (laughs) That's all we can ask for. Um, so let's, let's, um, I want to hear your story because I haven't heard, you know, I've read some things here and there, but I want to hear it from you. Um, you know, how did you, I know you've, you've started multiple businesses. I know you've got this, um, incredible book coming out. I'd like to hear, you know, where, how did you get to where you are now having a successful podcast, having, um, businesses, you know, there, what's the down and out story? Like, how did you get from there to here? Okay. So really the whole story is in my book, um, the self-help addict. And uh, so I can give you the brief, the brief version. You ready for the brief version? I'm ready for the brief version. And and then for those of you listening, uh, you can just read it in the book. Um, but 23 years old, found a girl from California. I'm from London. She was hot. 
and amazing and cool and i was not and so <laughs> i ended up chasing her hounding her down um doing all of my um salesy kind of you know trying to pitch her trying to close the deal um trying to be uh what's it called you know mr you know schmoozer you know smooth talker but nothing was really working and so i, I had to do something drastic and i basically used what they call the takeaway close. So, nice. so if, yeah. <laughs> so I waited for her to call me up. She calls me up. It was, um, Saturday night and she goes, Hey Daniel, how are you doing? How's your weekend? I'm like, yeah, it was, you know, it was, it was, it was all right. How was yours? Yeah, it was good. You hung out with my friends. I'm like, listen, Lauren, I, I want to just, I need, to, I need to tell you something. She's like, sure. What is it? And I said, you know, I just don't think it's working out. <laughs> and she's like, what? What do, you, what do you mean? You don't think it's working out? We'd be, it's been amazing. And I'm like, well, I just, I just feel like the more I go out with you, the more I fall in love with you. And I just feel like I'm just going to get heartbroken even more. And so I just made a decision that I think it's best if we just part ways. And of course, as I'm saying this in this call, you know, no problem inside, I'm freaking out. Of My course. heart is like a million, <laughs> you know, million miles, miles an hour. And then she's like, okay, well, let's just go out one more time. Let's just go out on one more date. Let's just see what happens. Okay. And I'm like, mm, okay, fine. But on one condition, she's like, shoot. I said, we have to play a game. She's like, okay, what game? And I said, spin the bottle. So she said, spin the bottle. And I said, <laughs> yeah, you spin the bottle. She's like, yeah, I know. And then you kiss. And no, 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 no kissing, no kissing. Okay, fine. What are we doing then? Well, when you spin the bottle, what you do is you have to answer a question. So what we're going to do is we're going to write down 10 questions each. We're going to put it in a hat, but they've got to be really deep questions. And by the time we finish playing spin the bottle, we'll have answered all of the questions. So she said, oh, that sounds cool. Okay, fine. So we went, had a picnic on the beach and we played spin the bottle and we got really deep. Like some of the questions were like just you know, everything, everything about what you were looking for in a partner, children, where you want to live, what you want to grow up, what you want to do in your life, what your purpose of living is, what you want written on your tombstone, like stuff like that. Wow. Serious stuff. And by the, but basically at the end, she looks me in the eye and says, I'm ready. And that was, that was that. And now we're 11 years later and uh, we don't play spin the bottle anymore. And <laughs> she doesn't hard to get. It's usually, she needs me all the time and she needs me to say, I love you all the time. And so it's, it's funny how things have changed, but Oh my God, I said this was the short version, Daniel. No, okay, I love it. So and that, do you know, there's an, there is an app. Have you heard of that app? It's like so many questions where you can sit and and they say you can fall in love again or fall in love with somebody by going back and forth with these questions. Me and my husband actually do this when it's just the two of us and we're, we go out on a date. Occasionally we'll take out this app and we'll go through like 10 questions and it just, you, you get reconnected because you're talking about all these cool stories about yourself. So I, I thought you were going to tell me that you invented that app. I thought that's what you were leading up to, but I guess that's not it. Okay. <laughs> I should have. You should have. Man. Oh, well. Anyway, so uh, cut a long story short. Um, I landed a six-figure salary. We moved to California together. Spanish townhouse, driving a brand car, uh, working on the 17th floor of a high-rise building overlooking the Hollywood sign. It was just gorgeous, going to Malibu and Santa Monica every Sunday. Had our first child. What could be better, right? Right. Then 2008 comes around and basically smacks me across the face. Uh, <laughs> I go bankrupt. Uh, couldn't pay the rent for two weeks, uh, two months, sorry. Couldn't pay the rent for two months. And then one day I get a knock on the door and it's Olga, the landlady, six foot five Russian lady. And I open the door and she says, Mr. Geffen, in that Russian accent that I can't do. Uh, <laughs> and I said, yes. And she says, you need to leave. And wow. I said, but I have a child and I have a wife and there's like, what do you mean? I need to leave. And she said, pack your bags and get out. So we had no choice. We packed our bags and we went out and we ended up moving in with my in-laws, which was not fun, um, to say the least. Three weeks later, uh, we're almost divorced. Oh. Um, 
Like literally, I mean, it was really bad. I was broke. I couldn't provide. I felt like my someone took my manhood away from me. And I was basically playing video games depressed in my parents-in-law's house. And then we got into a fight and it was a bit of a public fight. So I got really embarrassed. My ego kind of got bruised a lot. And I walked out and I didn't come back um, for a week. Wow. I basically crashed out crashed at a friend's house and thankfully my friend told me he said daniel you know you're going to lose your wife and, and child if you don't go back so i said you're right and i went back and i basically begged her to, to take me back and i said well, look let's just start it all over again let's move to london i'll get a job let's just start over and i had to persuade her but she said yes thankfully so we moved back to london i got a job working in a grocery store which was like I mean, going from a six-figure salary, working in a swanky office in a beautiful country to just living in London where it's raining, it's cold, you know, working in, it was my dad's grocery store. So I was working for my dad. Wow. Oops, did I lose you? He's old, you know, I'd okay. help out bagging the groceries, you know? Yeah. So I, I ended up... Um, wanting to pretty much kill myself because I was in just so depressed there. And after about a year, I quit. I I quit. I said to my wife, I, I can't do this anymore. She said, look, you know, I, I support you. I believe in you. Go start a business. So I started a business, uh, scaled it up. And then a lot of things happened. All the details are pretty much in the book, but my head receptionist uh, called me up one day saying she was suicidal and she almost committed suicide and her therapist told her she can't go back to work. And she was my, like pretty much my operations manager. She ran my whole business. So my business was going downhill. Um, a lot of other things happened. I had a nervous breakdown. I called up my business mentor. He slapped me across the face, told me, man up, go do something. I outsourced the whole company to the whole company to one of my competitors, worked in a hotel lobby. Oh yeah. Fired all my staff, got rid of my office. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm like literally throwing you the short version of the story, but pretty much, uh, scaled up my company from a hotel lobby, um, massively retired at 31 uh, moved to Israel because it's hot here uh, with three kids and played tennis for about two months straight. Then got bored, started a podcast show, grew it to the top 25 shows in 2017 and 150,000 downloads. And I had a billionaire and multimillionaires and celebrities on the show. And then I wrote a book, which I've been wanting to write for 10 years, but I've been pregnant with it and it didn't come out because it was overdue and I was too scared for it to come out, but I needed it to come out. Um, and then I started a business called Geffen Media Group, and pretty much now I'm on a podcast show with uh, someone called Summer Felix. And here I am. <laughs> See, you have arrived. <laughs> have arrived. Yeah. And the book's out, by the way. It's already out. So. Okay. Um, so I, there's so many questions I want to ask you. I do want to know. I'm curious about this book because I only know the title of it, and I'm already like, oh, that's me. <laughs> but I don't even know yes. what's in the book. Um, so you, either, you either get it or you don't. If you don't get the title, don't buy the book. It's exactly, not exactly. Um, so give us the title of the book and then please tell me, you know, how this, how this came about and why, what was the, what was the shift or what happened in your life that you were like, I have to write this book now. All right. It's called the self-help addict. Um, how to go from a, a, a consumer to a creator. So pretty much I am the self-help addict, right? And like you said, Summer, when you heard the title, you're like, yes, that. Yeah. You know, when I said the title, you either jumped up and said, yes, that's me. I'm a self-help addict or you didn't. And that's fine. Um, so kind of like to paint a picture of what a self-help addict looks like in the life of Daniel Geffen, it's something like this. I'm standing at the entrance to Barnes & Nobles. Um, I don't know if you know Barnes & Nobles, but if you're in the U.S., it's one of the biggest bookstores, right? Right. And this is before Amazon, obviously. Exactly. Amazon's, Amazon's the biggest. But back in the day, um, it was Barnes & Nobles. And I'm standing at the entrance, and I'm about to walk in, and my wife grabs me by the arm, and she says, don't you dare walk in there. 
And I'm like, why? And she's like, because every time you walk in there, you don't come out for hours. You just get lost in there. And I never can get you out. And I said, oh, mm, can you go buy a dress or something? Maybe take the kids out for <laughs> take the kids out for ice cream. Or I'll, I'll be an hour. Like, you know, I won't be longer than that. And she rolls her eyes and she's like, all right, see you soon. And I go in and I'm like, ah, oh, I'm in heaven. You know, I go to the self-help section. I pick up all the books and they're all so fresh and new. And I'm just you know, going through 15 of them and trying to find the right one. You know what I mean? Somewhere where it's oh, like, yeah. I just find that one book that's going to change my life, you know? And I start looking at the front cover and the back cover and look at the title. And then I look at the case, like the, the testimonials and the forward. And then I go through the contents and I flick through and I'm like, mm, no, not this one. No, 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 no. That one. No, no, no. And then I come down to the, the one book and I'm like, yes, this is the one. This is the one that's going to change my life. And I tuck it in my arm like a baby and I go to the checkout and I take out my credit card and I pay for it. And I'm so excited. And I go to a quiet little corner. I take out my yellow marker pen. I open it up and that's that nice crackling sound as you open it up and that smell of a fresh book. And then I start literally marking every single bloody line in the book and the whole book becomes <laughs> yellow. Why? Because every single line is, wow, that's amazing. Oh my God, that's going to change my life. Oh my goodness. That's life transformational. This is amazing. And then I can't put the book down. I get to the end. I get to that last page and suddenly my heart drops because what now? Like I've finished the book. Right. I'm at the end of the rope. And here's the thing. What's really interesting about self-help addicts is that we, we justify not taking action all the time. And when we're consuming, when we're overdosing on on content, we justify that we're just gathering information. I'm just gathering information now. I can't go out and do. I can't go out and create. I can't go and start my business. I'm gathering information. I'm I'm coming up with ideas. You know, I need to read. I need to, you know, take in information and, and analyze. And of course, right? So what do I do? I go to the website. Oh, I've got to check out the author's website. Go to the website and lo and behold, there is a webinar and it's free. Well, I've got to go onto the webinar because it's free and because, you know, that's going to change my life. And that's going to be once I watch the webinar, then I'm ready. So sign up to the webinar, go on the webinar. And of course, after about an hour, what happens? He says, guess what? If you want to go deeper and you really want to change your life, and if you're really serious, then I've got a live seminar event in Vegas, and it's only $3,999 <laughs> plus, plus flights and hotel, right? right? And so, of course, you take out your credit card because you're broke, but you know what? You've got a credit card and you've got $20,000 in debt anyway, and this is going to change your life. Like, I can invest in myself here, right? Right. So, of course, you fly there, get to the event, and you think that the event's going to change your life because you're going to finally meet her or him, whoever the guru is that you're currently looking up to and, and basically idolizing. Um, and you're going to just shake their hand, look them in the eye, and you're going to make it. Then that is going to be the moment that's going to change you. And it doesn't. And yeah. this is the cycle. It's the cycle. It's the vicious self-help cycle that I was in. And my book is about how to break that cycle. So it's almost like you, you went through this whole entire, you went through somebody's sales funnel is what you did. <laughs> you got the book, <laughs> then you got brought to the webinar that, and it's just, let's keep getting you more and more. So what's, what's the missing, what's the missing piece? Why, why did you not have the, the transformation that you thought you were going to have with, with each, you know, guru, whoever that you followed or each self-help, mm -hmm. um, magician? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's interesting. So uh, you just asked me a question that it's it's what self-help addicts usually ask. Right? Did you notice that you asked the question? Yeah. What what was the one thing? Right? Because we're always looking for just one thing that's going to change everything. But it's not just one thing. Because if it was one thing, I wouldn't write a book. I just send you a text. Here, here it is. Here's the one thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm like, there's there's obviously a lot of things that go into it. But I will I will touch upon a couple of them. One of them is that if you take action, the feelings will follow. As self-help addicts, we tend to put our thoughts and feelings first before the actions. And it's the wrong way around. Um, and I'll give you an example. I was at a park. 
Um, and my kids were playing on the swings and slides and I'm sitting there and it was a cold day. I've got my coat on my scarf and I'm just watching them. I'm observing, right. I'm, I'm a spectator. Right. And my, my wife is sitting there and she nudges me with her elbow and, and, um, and she says to me, hello, are you not going to go play with the kids? And I'm like, oh, I don't really feel like it. And, you know, I'm thinking, oh, I really don't want to, you know. But then I just pick myself up and I just go. And I went there and I started pretending to be a pirate. And there was a pirate ship in the park. And I started throwing them off the pirate ship. And then they got on and threw me off. And we were like rolling on the floor laughing. And it was such a great time. And then as we're walking home, I said to myself, imagine if I would have stayed on that bench just watching, just observing, just being a spectator of life, you know, I would miss out. I would have missed out on that opportunity to create amazing memories for my children and and incredible experiences and and memories for myself. And the thing is, is that I, I started to look at my thoughts and feelings like they were my children. And this might sound a bit cuckoo to some of you, and that's okay. You know, there are going to be the people who don't get it and the people who do. I'm talking to the people who do get it. Right. The, 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 the thoughts and feelings that I have are like my little children. So, for example, my children will say to me, I don't want to go to bed. I don't feel like brushing my teeth. I don't want to go to school. So what do I do? I say, I know you don't feel like it. I know, I know you don't want to. But I grab them by the hand and I take them up the stairs and I tuck them into bed. You're going to bed. You're going to school. You're brushing your teeth, right? Because I'm in control. I'm the parent, right? And so it's the same thing with my thoughts and feelings. My most of my life, half of my life, I would say, when I before I started producing and creating, I realized that I was being controlled by my thoughts and feelings. I wasn't in control of them. So they were saying things like, I don't want to go to the gym. I don't feel like going to the gym. And then I started talking to them and I started saying, I know you don't want to go to the gym. I know you don't feel like going to the gym, but we're going. And I would just grab them by the hands and I would just go to the gym, get in the car, right? Get on the elliptical, get on the treadmill. I start running. And all of a sudden, something amazing happened. After about five minutes, my thoughts and feelings changed their mind. Wow, this is great. This feels amazing. I feel like a million bucks. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So you have the power to change your thoughts and feelings by taking the action. If you take the action, the the thoughts and feelings follow, not the other way around. We always try to change our mindset, change our feelings. Don't do that. Don't argue with your kids. Don't stand there arguing with your children. Just you're in control. Go do it. Take the action. Yeah, we, it's so true with when it comes to especially fear or being uncomfortable or that's going to take, you know, I'm probably going to fail if I do that. It's so easy to just let your thoughts control what your actions are going to be instead of saying, so what? Yes, it's scary. Yes, it's uncomfortable. Yes, I'm really tired and don't want to get on the treadmill, but you just do it. And like you said, it, it starts to create the the feelings that you did want to have once you start taking the action. Right. Yeah. A hundred percent. And it's interesting that you said fear, cause that's a big one. Um, I mean, what I do in my book is I basically go through all the different, you know, so there's perfectionism, procrastination, fear, doubt. So all of those, you know, voices and thoughts and feelings, um, I pick them apart in the book. So with fear, what I did with fear is actually I made fear my friend. Because a lot of people, they, 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 they don't like fear. They kind of like, they hate him. And they say, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill fear. I'm going to conquer my fear. I'm going to crush my fear. And that's really not nice. Like, you know, fear is your friend. Like, fear is there for you. You know, they just want the best for you, right? And actually, I flip it and I say, you know what? If you didn't have any fear, you would be boring. <laughs> so true. You would be so boring. Like, if you got up on stage and you had no fear whatsoever, you didn't care... Because, like, think about it for a second. Did you hear what I just said? If you don't have any fear, you don't care. Yeah. It's because you. It's because you care. It's because you're human. That's why you have fear, and the fear is what pushes you to be real. The fear is what gets you on stage, and you suddenly just, you know you've got all this adrenaline pumped and you have this energy. And if you channel the fear in the right way, oh my goodness, it's incredible. 
without fear, you don't have that edge. You know, I still have fear when I go on a podcast show. I've interviewed over 120 people. And yet, just before I get on the mic, I have that butterflies in my stomach. I need to pee like 10 times before right. I go. You know, it's, like, it's still there. But I channel it and I, and I go with it. And I utilize it. I leverage it. Exactly. I love that. You leverage it. And you basically, you're having, like you said before, with, with your thoughts, because, you know, the thoughts um, of not wanting to do something are, are coming from fear. And it's really having a relationship with that instead of letting it tell you what to do. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So, okay. I, <laughs> I, I want to hear about this whole, okay. When did, first of all, when did you start writing the book? Right. So as I told you, I was pregnant with the book for 10 years. Now I know if my wife is listening to this and I know that you, I, do you have children? I uh, do. Someone? I do. I've been pregnant okay, two so times. I'm, <laughs> okay. I'm going to, so I'm going to get in trouble with the ladies here. I know I am. I'm putting myself out there, but you know, when you're, have you ever been overdue, um, with a baby where it's already been nine months and yes. Oops, I lost you. I, it just went silent for a little bit. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I said, have you ever been overdue with a baby? Has, has it ever been like nine months and the baby still hasn't come out and the yes. due date's gone? Oh, Where yes. Where the hell is the baby? Right, Get right. Come <laughs> on, enough. Right? So I'm going to say this in a nice way, but it's kind of like how I felt with this book, but it was for 10 years, meaning it wasn't nine months, it was 10 years. Now, obviously I'm not comparing wanting to write the book and publish the book as like having a baby, I'm not going to compare it, right. but it was like being overdue for a long, 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 long time. Yes. And I kept saying, what the hell is going on? Why can't I publish the, this book? I mean, for crying out loud, I'm writing about the self-help addict. I'm telling people how to break the self-help cycle. I'm saying how to go from overdose of consumption and, 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 and consuming to being a producer and being a creator. Why the heck can't I do this? Right? And so about a year ago, I finally decided that's it. I'm doing it. And I figured out how to do it. So this is one of the things I talk about in my book is that the way to, to, to make sure that you get something done is you make it more uncomfortable not to do it than to do it. Oh, that's right? great. Because, right? Because if you think about it, a lot of things that we don't do, it's because we're uncomfortable. We don't want to come out of our little comfort zone, right? We, we live in our little cave, comfortable cave. So if you make it more uncomfortable not to do it, then you're going to do it. So what did I do? I was tucking in my kids into bed one night. It's about nine months ago. And I went to my oldest son, Alicia, he's, he was nine at the time. And I said, Alicia, I have a surprise for you. And he said, Oh, I love surprises. What is it? And I said, I've got something really special for your 10th birthday. And he said, what, what is it? And I said, a book. And his face drops and he's like, dad, a book. I mean, I thought you were going to say an iPad, like a book. And I said, no, 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 <laughs> it's not any book. It's actually a book that I'm writing and I'm writing it for you. And you're going to get the first copy of the book for your 10th birthday. And his face lit up like Aww. he was dancing. Yeah, he was dancing on the bed. And I remember I switched off the lights and I left the room and I'm like, oh, crap, I've got to publish this. Book. <laughs> There's no way. Now There's you're no accountable. Way. Yeah accountable and I'm accountable big time. You see, people get coaches and, and they're great. Coaches are great. Mentors are great. The problem is, is that you can fire the coach. Right. I mean, you're, you're paying them. So if you don't do the work, you don't do the work. So I put myself in a position where I didn't want my son to be disappointed in me. He's, I'm his, like, I'm his uh, role model. You know, he looks up to me. So for me to not published a book on his birthday would have been a real disappointment. And I didn't want that. So I went around telling everybody as well. That was a second stage of being accountable. So I told everyone, everyone I met, I'm publishing a book on the 16th of January, my son's 10th birthday, January 16th, 2018, the book's going to be published. And everybody's like, wow, it's amazing. You know, 
and here we are, you know, here we are finally. Wow. Um, I, I gave birth to it and it felt like my fifth child. <laughs> <laughs> so did you do in terms of writing did you, what was your, what was your, um, like a meth- method behind it? Did you have times that you would write? Would you just wait until you were inspired? Did you schedule it out? What was your process? Okay. So I'm going to tell I'm going to talk to you about that. But before I do, I want to tell you that actually at one point, about two months before it came out, I, I was going to scrap the whole book and start over again. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Like seriously. Is that, is that um, the, the whole, you're your own worst critic? <laughs> was it something like that, that you just were not happy with it or? It's interesting. Yes and no. It wouldn't no. In a way it was, it was, it was a big kind of, um, you know, a sudden light bulb went off in my head and I came to a realization that I was leading people down the wrong path. Well, not leading them down the wrong path, but I was essentially taking them bringing them up a mountain and then leaving them there depressed and lonely. And I didn't want that to be my book. Yeah. So let me explain. I went from being somebody who didn't achieve anything and was constantly just chasing, 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 looking for that, that thing. And then I flipped it, right? I flipped my life around and I became a creator and I started producing and producing and producing. And the next thing I knew, I had two very successful companies. I had a podcast show that was a top ranked podcast show. Um, and I was writing a book and I had a wife and four children and life was just amazing. And I was like, really, you know, I was featured in Forbes magazine, like all this stuff was happening. And yet I was still depressed. Like I felt empty inside. And it suddenly occurred to me that I was climbing the mountain, climbing the mountain, climbing the mountain, but I wasn't stopping and looking down and seeing how far I came and saying, wow, Daniel, look what you've done. And I think, wow, what a beautiful view. Look at the view. Wow, it's amazing. And that was a huge, huge hole in my life. And I read a book and that book pretty much changed it. That book was called um, The Power of Now by Eckhart oh, Tolle. Oh, yes. I yeah. love that book. And so it, it literally stopped me in my tracks and I stopped and I thought to myself, oh my goodness, I'm running too far. I'm running so fast, but I'm not taking everything in. And I realized something that you look at the celebrities and you look at people who have made it like really, really successful. And they've been, they're at the peak of their career. They're, they've got everything right. And yet they commit suicide. Like what the heck? How, how do you take your life? Like, why, why would you take your life? You, you just won an Emmy award. You, 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 you've got all the money in the world. You're, you're famous. People love you. Like why? And I realized it's because when they didn't have it, they thought that that's what they wanted and that's what they needed and that would give them happiness. When we're standing at the bottom of the mountain, we have something called hope. We might be depressed, but at least if I get up there, I'll be happy. Right. And then we climb up, we get up there and we're not happy. And then it's like, what? How can I not be happy now? I've got everything. I've got what I wanted. And so I realized that I was living on a seesaw. That on the one hand, on one side of the seesaw was becoming becoming greater, more, more, climbing higher up the mountain. And on the other side of the, of the seesaw is being, just completely being in the moment and enjoying and appreciating and realizing that I am absolutely perfect just the way I am. And there is nothing I need to change. But then on the other side, I need to accomplish. I need to do more. I need to impact people. I need to go out there and share. I need to build. So there's this seesaw I have to balance. And I talk about this. And so what happened was I went to my, I went to my mentors and I told them this. I said, I need, to re- I need to rewrite this book. And they said, absolutely not. Your book is perfect. You've got half the whole the package. You've got most of it. You just need to add a few chapters at the end. And so that's what I did. I, I added a chapter called Being and Becoming. And I talked about, you know, th- that whole journey and everything else. And what's really interesting is, is, is I, I came up with an analogy, which is you have a child, right? 
Um, Summer, how old is your, your, your kids? So I have um, a 10-year-old and a 12-year-old, and then I have a 12-year-old um, stepdaughter and a 15-year-old stepson. Okay. Do you remember when they were about three? Yes. And it was so cute. Facebook reminds they... me all the time. No. <laughs> it's it, They were so cute. They, had, they, they were like wobbling around, and they were like becoming their own person, and everything they did was just adorable, right? They would right. say funny things, right? And now, if I came to you at that moment and I said to you, Summer, what, what was, give me, give me a name of one of your children. Chloe. Chloe? Mm-hmm. She's, she's obviously your favorite. Um, <laughs> Chloe. So, so I, if I said to you, Summer, I said, would you want Chloe to change at all? Would you want anything different about Chloe? If I can change her, if I can make her a little bit different, would you? No. Nothing. Nothing. But I could do anything. I can make her more like nothing, nothing. You just like her like that. That's how you want her. Yes. Right. You loved her as she was completely and she was perfect. Okay. Now, how old is she? She's 10 now. She's quite different, isn't she? Yes. Oh, but hold on a second. So you thought she was perfect at three. And now if I asked you to change her back to three, you would say, Daniel, are you freaking out of your mind? <laughs> right. So I re- came to that realization and that's the same thing with us. That's great. I love I, that. You know what I'm saying? I am perfect now and I can love myself completely right now. And yet I still want to grow. I still want to achieve more. Yeah. It's not a contradiction. No, absolutely. I love that. And I, I think it was so important. And I do this with, with my business coaching, which also, also has a lot of personal coaching as well, but it's, it is really celebrating looking back, you know, even if it's just at the last quarter, um, and looking back at the accomplishments and, and where you've been, because it, it, it just, it's an incredible mind shift to do that, but we do get lost in what's next, what's next, what's next. And then, if you haven't gotten there fast enough or you're comparing yourselves to others, then there's no real celebration of yourself and all, and all that you've done, which can be like you said, feel very unfulfilling or depressing or just stifling. Yeah. Yeah. So true. Um, I'm going to, I want to tell, we're going to have this in our, in our show notes and on the blog, but I would, I know listeners are probably going, okay, great. This book sounds really awesome. Where am I going to get it? So how can they get this book? Really, really easy. I make it simple for everyone. Uh, you just go to Amazon and you type in the self-help addict. That's the self-help addict and you'll find it. It's there. You could buy it on Kindle. You could buy it on, um, soft cover, hard cover, um, and they'll also, I'm sure I'll send you a link as well, Summer. So if they want to actually click a link, um, there'll be a link in the show notes. Perfect. So cool. Um, okay. So now I want to, I want to shift just, just a little bit. I won't keep you forever because that was just so awesome, but you, you are known for having a very successful podcast and me being a podcaster, I'd, you know, if you could just give us a little bit of, of the journey and how, how you created something that people actually wanted to listen to and how did you gain so many subscribers and, and people that are just dying to hear your interviews? Cause you're really awesome by the way. <laughs> That's very sweet of you. Thank you so much. Um, I, I'm, I've, I'm like that little kid that, you know, I always jumped on tables in the classroom and I always wanted to be heard. And that got me in a lot of trouble, as you can imagine. Like I was in the headmaster's office or the principal's office, depending on where you're from in the world. Um, (laughs) But I would literally, I would be renting his office out because I was there so often. Um, And it's interesting because now I get to express myself, except I don't get bullied for expressing myself and I don't get punished for expressing myself. I'm now free to express myself. And an interesting thing happened along the way. People actually liked it. And I was surprised. But what was even more interesting is that I stopped caring about the people who didn't like it. I very much care about the people who do. Oh, my goodness. Compliments. Wow. My, right. my ego 
can't get enough of it. But the haters and the people who want to pull me down because really they're just jealous and really they're just reflecting off themselves and they feel like losers because they can't do it and then they have procrastinated their whole life. And so I come along and basically make them feel bad. And so they got to put me down. I don't have time or energy for those people. And quite frankly, I don't really care what they think because this is something that someone said on my show. Um, one of my guests, it was amazing. He said, what people think of you has nothing to do with you. Uh, yeah. Has absolutely nothing to do with you. It's not your business. So can you imagine? Like I was laughing when he said that. I was like, that's so funny. It's not your business what people think of you. Yeah. Right. So I love I just, that. I love that. Yeah. Um, so in terms of like building up the show, it really was just me doing what I love and being natural and just really just not, you know, remember at the beginning I said to you, um, you can't put me in a box. You know, I don't fit in a box. Right. If I was in a box, I wouldn't be where I where I am today. The reason why is because I don't like to be in a box. I like to be out of the box and I like to just kind of, you know, go on a journey and see who comes with me and see what's there and enjoy it. And when you are yourself, this is the key. I this is that when you are purely who you are and you're not afraid to express who you are, when you're not afraid to just do what the hell you want to do, oh my God, you, you are so attractive. I mean, people, <laughs> people literally, they are attracted to you. Like authenticity and genuine and just being genuine and just going for it and not caring. It's so like people are literally, they're, they're pulled towards you. They are. They're so attracted to it. I, I, we are too. I mean, I know that just for myself and who I find myself attracted to and wanting to be around and who do I want to listen to. Right. And you know, it, it, it's interesting because um, people like, especially with social media, they, they, they try to hide behind a persona. Do you know what I mean? Like they try to hide behind, they want to try and pretend to be wealthier than they really are. They try to pretend to be more popular than they really are. They try to pretend to, you know, like certain things because that's what everyone else kind of likes. And everyone sees through it. That's the, the funny thing is that we all see through it, right? You smell crap a mile away. Oh yeah. You, yeah, we all smell it. So, but weirdly enough, people still do it. They still like, they still just, they just do it. They're just afraid to come out and just be. And you know what I found in really interesting is that people say to me sometimes, yeah, but Daniel, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just not courageous or I'm just not, you know, I, I just don't know how to, to just do things or I'm just scared to do them. I'm scared to, to just, and I say to them, do you know what's really interesting is that I know you have it in you because you already did it. And they usually look at me like, what? And I say, well, when you were one years old, right, and you were trying to walk, right, you were crawling around and you saw you saw everybody else, right? You saw your older brothers and sisters and you saw your parents walking around and you were thinking, geez, they make it look so easy. They just walk around like it's just, you know, the done thing, you know, right. and I'm here where I can't do it. And what did you do? You got up and you took that first step, right? You, That's courage, right? That's bravery. Right. And then what happened? You fell on your face and you got hurt. You were in pain, but that didn't stop you. You got back up. That's called persistence, right? And then you you just it kept going. You kept going. You kept going. That's called consistency. And guess what? You didn't sit there thinking, oh, I don't want to do this. They're going to laugh at me. They're going to look at me and go, oh, my God, look at that wobble pants. He's just like walking around, <laughs> wobbling around falling all over the place, breaking stuff. What an embarrassment, right? You didn't think that. You didn't give a damn. You just got up and you wobbled around and you fell and you got up again and you didn't give a crap about what anyone thought, right? right? So you you had, you had were courageous. You were persistent. You were consistent. What happened? That's my question. My question to you listening, what happened to you? At some point in your life, somebody or something talked you out of it. Yeah. But it's there. Yeah. That's, um, 
That's pretty deep <laughs> to think about that. Well, because, you know, it makes you reflect and go, okay, what, what were the things that happened? What's, you know, who, who, who did I let stop me? Who screwed me? Yeah. Who screwed me? <laughs> That's my, my, my next book title. Who screwed exactly. me? <laughs> oh, wow. So you are, how many years have you had your podcast? It's only been two and a half years now. Okay. And yeah. we, um, now, am I correct in, in sending listeners, if they want to find all things about Daniel Geffen, <laughs> is it danielgeffen.com? Yeah. Geffen with one F. Yeah. Geffen with one F. And we'll have a link to, to all of that. We have, I mean, there's, uh, there's all kinds of fun stuff. Your episodes link to your podcast, um, mm. which is called, can I pick your brain? Yep. If they go on iTunes and just type in, can I pick your brain? That's my podcast show. And yeah. And you have, you have incredible guests. You're, you're an absolute genius with how you interview. I love it. It's totally my style. It's like the, I'm driving in the car and this is what I want to listen to. So thank you for, for creating something like that. We were talking earlier about, you know, some, uh, some podcasts that are very much, you know, the list of questions and you've got, Mm -hmm you know, so many seconds to answer that question and then you're on to the next, on to the next. But I, I really love and appreciate the conversations that you have with, with these people who are also people that I admire. So, and you bring out some things that I hadn't heard before with, with some of them. So it's awesome. But you're, um, I just appreciate all that you're doing and especially this book, because I know that I've read tons of self-help books and I'm definitely, you know, better for it. But the main difference is, um, with, with any book is that if you don't take action, it's really, it's, there's just no point. Like with, with anything that you learn in life, you can learn lessons. If you're not going to take action, then it's not, it's not doing its purpose. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Actually the, the, I had a guest, a billionaire. He was the, the one of only 2000 billionaires in the entire world on my show. And, you know, I said to him, okay, Jeff, like, What's your secret sauce, man? Because you're a billionaire and that's just nuts. Like, come on, you know. That's crazy. What did you do? And uh, so he said to me, he said, Daniel, I have a big sign in my office and it says, ideas are welcome here, but execution is worshipped. Yeah. Yep. It's all about execution. I can come up with ideas all day long. <laughs> we all can. So that can was I, my yeah. idea. That's the best is when you hear somebody say, that was yeah. my uh, idea. I invented that. But you didn't. You yeah. didn't execute on that's anything. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's, like, so that's like saying that you thought of having children. Right? Exactly. Great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my, my child would be married by now because I thought about him 28 years ago. You know, that's great. Wonderful. Right. But it, yeah, the, the brilliance yeah. lies in the action for sure. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. This is so much fun. Um, I'm going to make sure that we have links to the book, to your site, the podcast, everything. Um, I'm so stoked. I got to spend time with you. I, I kind of wish there was a little bit more, but I know that it's, it's late there and you've still got, you know, 20 more episodes you're going to do <laughs> for your podcast. So <laughs> I'll be sleeping already here in California before you even hit the, hit the hay there. Uh-huh. So <laughs> But you're awesome. Thank you so much. This has been so much fun. It's an absolute pleasure. And I really appreciate that you have me on the show. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's Get Genius. You can learn more about The Draw Shop at www.thedrawshop.com. On Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Your home for kick-butt custom whiteboard marketing videos. Your ideas come to life. Thanks for listening. Please share, comment, and make any suggestions for future genius guests.